This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, February 22nd, 2023, I wish you the happiest of National Cook a Sweet Potato Days. There is no National Sweet Potato Day. It's strictly Cook a Sweet Potato Day. Be advised. On today's show, I'm going to give you some thoughts before we get into the Penn State preview on Zed Key. What's his future look like this season? What's his future look like as we move forward with Ohio State? And then, what should Ohio State's goals look like as we close the year? Four games left, three of them at home, one on the road, and then obviously the Big Ten Conference tournament game, at least one of those. And if you're an Ohio State fan, you hope for more. After that, we will preview Penn State and give some keys to the game. So let's get started here. No need to wait. And let's give some thoughts on Zed Key and his future. On Monday, Chris Holtman came out and said that Zed Key's future this season is in doubt. Now, obviously Zed Key missed the game on Sunday against Purdue and Ohio State's loss. And his shoulder has been a bugaboo for him all season since he heard it in very early January against the very same Purdue team that the Buckeyes lost to on Sunday. I suggested... Before the Sunday game against Purdue, I suggested that Zed Key should be benched. Not benched because of poor play, but benched so that his shoulder can heal. And I said, don't really know how long it should be. I don't know the extent of the injury. Obviously, college sports, you don't have to give specifics in a way that you do in professional sports. But let Zed Key sit at least for the remainder of the regular season And maybe a couple of weeks of rehab, a couple of weeks of rest, maybe that gets him ready for the Big Ten tournament, and maybe he can aid Ohio State in a win, at least one win, in the Big Ten tournament. Chris Holtman at least followed half of that plan, where I said to sit him against Purdue. And at this point, it sounds like the decision from what Chris Holtman said is really between Zed Key and his family. Shout out to the Keys. In my opinion, a couple more games with Zed Key this season, it doesn't help Zed Key, and it also does not help Ohio State. Zed Key, I mean, when he plays defense, he cannot extend that left shoulder. He cannot extend it vertically, and he's grimacing in pain, wincing in pain. It seems like constantly announcers, they're saying Zed Key is, is such a trooper, which is true. But at some point, it's just not worth it. This team is not going to the NCAA tournament. They're not going to the NIT tournament. They will go to the Big Ten tournament. You can't play poorly enough to miss that one. But likely not going to go very far in that. So, I would say Zed Key, sit him. Sit him until he's healthy. I would assume that he's going to have some off-season surgery on that shoulder to repair it. If not, I'm sure it's going to be some lengthy physical therapy to get him back to 100%. So him being in doesn't help, doesn't help Ohio State, and it doesn't help Zed Key. Him not being in, at this point, kind of does help Ohio State. Now, it's funny, a lot of people talk about these freshmen, they're going to leave, they're going to transfer, they're mad about losing, all that stuff. I think that's all BS. I think Felix Akpara will be back. 
I think Roddy Gale will be back. I think Bruce Thornton will be back. And every freshman down the line. They will all be back other than Bryce Sensabaugh, who I believe will go to the NBA draft. That said, this development theory that Ohio State fans may have that these freshmen, the season's over, they should just play in all of February and, and get all the minutes, doesn't really make sense. That's not how college basketball works. But Chris Holtman has played these four freshmen more than he's ever played freshmen before in his career and more than probably any team this season. Four freshman starters now for Ohio State, depending on the game. That's a good thing. It's a good thing for those four to continue to play together. I expect three of them back. No one will transfer away, in my opinion. And Akpara can get a few more games in there to quote-unquote develop. He's not going to develop all that much. That's not really what the definition of develop in college basketball or sports in general. Felix Akpara will not be doing that. But he will be getting more experience, and that is so valuable. So next year, you see Roddy Gale, you see... Felix Akpara, you see Zed Key hopefully back and healthy. Bruce Thornton, you look at that team, a lot of experience, some really good freshmen, some other freshmen coming in. I hate to be that guy, but I get kind of excited for next year's Ohio State team. So, in conclusion, Zed Key, let's leave him on the bench. Let's let him get healthy. He's an absolute trooper, a team player, playing through a very, very difficult injury. Let him sit on the bench, ride this one out. Now, speaking of Ohio State, ending this year, goals. What should they look like? Four games left. They've got Penn State, of course, on Thursday. Two more home games after that with Illinois and Maryland. And then they close regular season on the road at Michigan State before, obviously, their first Big Ten tournament game. You hope for two. What should that goal look like for Ohio State? to close the year what should we as fans be hoping for my question i would say a a simple goal to end the year can we win two games to close out this year i think penn state maryland are probably winnable games but if they can't get two of the final four here can they get one and then win one game in the big 10 tournament i think a very simple goal win two games Outside of that, stretch goal, win three games. Knock off Penn State, knock off Maryland or Illinois, or somehow beat Michigan State at the Breslin Center. And then go win a game or two in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Whatever that looks like, I think the expectations should be modest. They should be light. And if you're an Ohio State fan hoping that Ohio State wins out to close the year or anything like that because we've gotten so used to excellence in the shot, we're not going to get that. You've got to relieve yourself of those very, very difficult expectations and relieve yourself from the the mental and emotional turmoil that you have to go through day in and day out with Ohio State winning two games since we flipped the calendar to 2023. The other thing I would like to see from Ohio State, and this isn't a goal. Goal should be smart. Look up smart goals in your own time. I'm not here to explain that to you. I'd like to see more progress from the freshmen. It's not a smart goal, okay? It's not measurable. But I would like to see whether it's Bruce Thornton or Roddy Gale or Felix Akpara, sure, Bryce Senzema as well. I want to see someone step up and show 
that next season they can help lead this team. I've said it before, Roddy Gale, I believe, will be potentially first-team All-Big Ten potential next year. He's going to be really, really good, I think, when he gets extended playing time and he can get the ball in his hands more consistently. I want to see these freshmen, at least one of them, kind of break out of their shell a little bit more and help lead this team and really give us fans something to be excited about, give Ohio State something to build off of heading into next year. So those are my thoughts on Ohio State and what their goals should be. How about we talk about Penn State? Pretty interesting. I don't know how many years it's been since Ohio State has faced off with Penn State, and Penn State has been the team with the better resume, the probably better team. Penn State sitting at 16-11 and 11 right now, 7-9 in the Big Ten. They're on the outside looking in when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So this is a must-win game for Penn State and more like a must-not-lose game. You can't have a loss against Ohio State on your resume. Although, Ohio State has been a quad one win or loss for a lot of teams this year. Penn State, usually when you look at the, the bracketologists, those who have studied and pursued their masters in bracketology in the higher education space, you're going to see Penn State on the outside looking in, typically in the first four out or the next four out categories or even further than that. So that bubble, really close to bursting for Penn State. They cannot afford a loss here against Ohio State on Thursday night. 16-11, 7-9 in Big Ten. They're 50th in Ken Palm right now, or as of recording this, I should say. Ohio State, by the way, has finally fallen. They've tumbled to 64th. Computers are no longer in love with Ohio State. The love affair apparently has run dry. 58th in net rankings for Penn State, and they're 2-5 and five in quad one games this season. Interesting tidbit as well for Penn State. They are 2-7 and seven on the road this season in Big Ten play on the road. At Michigan, lost. At Wisconsin, lost. At Rutgers, lost. At Purdue, lost. At Nebraska, lost. At Maryland, lost. And then at Minnesota, they won that one. I bet you thought that they lost. They didn't. They're 2-7 on the road this season in Big Ten play. It's even worse. Their only win on the road in Big Ten play at Minnesota, a team that Ohio State is just neck and neck with battling who's going to get the 13 seed out of 14 in the Big Ten Conference. Maybe that's a race that we should be much more paying attention to. Not Ohio State and, and how are they going to fare against Penn State and previewing all these other teams closely. Maybe we should go on 13 seed watch. And every single time Minnesota plays, we're going to see who's going to have a better shot of getting a 13 seed. That sounds fun. Maybe I'll do that. Would you like that? You should you should let me know if you would like to pay attention to the 13 seed watch. We need something to get excited about for Ohio State basketball as we close this regular season. So, 13 seed watch. Ohio State and Minnesota battling it out. Anyway, back to Penn State. Their non-conference schedule, not good. Not good at all. Just like Northwestern. Very, very bad. 
They beat Butler. That would be cool maybe 10 years ago. A win over Butler. Now it's meaningless. So there's that. They've got a close loss to Virginia Tech. That's the team on the bubble. So that won't help Penn State's cause. And then the really only good team they've played this year in the non-conference came, of course, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They played Clemson. And not one, but two overtimes. Fun game. But they lost. Lost in double overtime. And then they played some teams that may or may not be located in Canada. Look at their schedule. You'll see. And they won all those games. But when you're playing teams that are potentially not located in the continental U.S., I have my concerns. This is why Penn State right now is on the outside looking in because those non-conference wins really mean nothing at this point. Now, in recent times, Penn State is playing okay. They've won two games in a row after losing five of six. So they stumbled for a while. We're really looking like they could be in the NCAA tournament. But with losing five of six, that really hurt Penn State's cause. And as a team, this is a team offensively, they're really good. I mean, watching this Penn State team, I don't know if you've had the chance to watch them all that much. Penn State is probably not a marquee team that you want to go watch on a Tuesday night in January. You're probably watching a team from the Big 12 because that's all the ESPN wants to show us. I don't blame them, though. I like watching good basketball. But if you got Big 10 Network, then you might see Penn State playing. And if you do, you'll see a good offensive team. They're 17th in adjusted offensive efficiency this year. Six in scoring in the Big 10. That number doesn't jump out at you. But what does jump out at you are their shooting metrics. Their second in field goal percentage in the Big Ten at 46.8% of their field goal attempts going in. They're also the best three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, making nearly 39% of their attempts. And they also make the most threes per game in the Big Ten at nearly 11 triples per game. They're also a really good free throw shooting team. For what it's worth. So this is an efficient team offensively and a team that makes its shots simply from two points, three points, free throws, doesn't matter. All of them, high probability of them going in when Penn State is the team hoisting up the shots to the hoop. Defensively, though, meh. I want to be clear with that, meh. They are 127th in the nation in adjusted defensive efficiency. In the Big Ten, they rank 9th in scoring defense, giving up just under 69 points per game. They rank 11th in field goal percentage against, giving up nearly 44% of shots going in. And then three points, well, kind of similar to their offense. Pretty much everything goes in. They're 12th in the Big Ten. 34.2% of three-point attempts go in defensively for Penn State's opponents. Rebounding, by the way, also not a team that'll blow you away. They're 13th in rebounding in the Big Ten. They're 12th in rebounding margin in the Big Ten. That's minus three for those of you scoring at home. And they also are the worst offensive rebounding team in the Big Ten. 5.6 offensive rebounds per game, which is well worse than just about anyone else in the Big Ten. So 
Defensively, rebounding-wise, this is not a team that should scare you as you look forward to watching this game on Thursday evening. What should scare you is Penn State offensively. If you watch this team, you know this. They move the ball better than any team in the Big Ten, and I would say smarter than any team in the Big Ten. It's honestly dizzying to watch. If you are a Penn State fan offensively, you'll love it. Defensively, if you imagine yourself on that court, should you ever get the opportunity, and Chris Holtman is 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 there on Thursday night, and you're there too, and he looks up in the stands and he points at you, you, and he says, get down here. He wags his finger at you and he says, come here. Gives you a jersey and says, go out there and try to guard Jalen Pickett. We need you. You're, you're going to be lost. You are going to be dizzy. You'll be put through a blender. Not because Penn State can break your ankles, which I'm sure they have ankle-breaking capabilities on their team, but it's because their ball movement is so good. The way they can swing it around so quickly. I mean, pass, 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 like not even holding it for a second. They will rotate the ball. They will get your defense out of sorts. And that's why this team has won 16 games this year. It's because offensively, they move the basketball around. So that's what you will need to watch for. For Penn State as a team, on Thursday night, it's going to be Penn State moving the ball around better than you've probably seen all season. That may be a bold take, but I've got a more bold take for you here in a second. And that comes with talking about Jalen Pickett, the first player I will discuss in terms of individual performers. Jalen Pickett, a name that you should very well know at this point, a fifth-year senior guard for Penn State. In terms of Big Ten ranks, he's fourth in scoring in the Big Ten at 18.6 points per game. He's first in assists per game at seven, and even seven assists per game, well better than anyone else in the Big Ten. He distributes the ball very well. As I just spoke about, Penn State moves the ball around so well. Jalen Pickett is suspect number one for moving the ball well. He also will go up and grab rebounds. He gets 7.4 rebounds per game. That's good for eighth in the Big Ten. And he's got the sixth best field goal percentage in the Big Ten at 52.3%. Jalen Pickett, also a player who will not come off the floor. You will have to peel him off the floor on Thursday evening. He's got the most minutes in the Big Ten and just a guy who get a couple minutes here to be spelled and right back in he goes. You've got to peel that guy off the hardwood. And then I just looked at his two previous games against Minnesota. Do you know how many he scored? Pretty good. You're thinking maybe 22, maybe 24. No, not even close. Get out of here with that. He scored 32 against Minnesota. How many score against Illinois? Oh, maybe you're thinking, maybe he was a little better. Maybe he almost got 30. 28, 29, stop it. 41 points against Illinois. How about Jalen Pickett? He keeps Penn State's offense as a whole under control very, very well, especially on fast breaks. He obviously plays very unselfishly. He is the player who allows Penn State to move and go offensively. And here's my bold take. I Please do not sue me for this. Do not come at me. But 
his ability to shoot off the dribble from pretty much anywhere on the floor, you know who it reminds me of? I'm bracing for impact. I hope you are too. It reminds me of the great Evan Turner. I'm not saying that Jalen Pickett has the exact same skill set as Evan Turner. Evan Turner was the best player in college basketball in the in his best season. Jalen Pickett will be first team All Big Ten. Should he have some recognition and maybe be third team All NCAA? Maybe fourth team, fifth team for sure if they had that, but they don't. Sorry, Jalen. Got to be a little better. But he just, watching him play, he reminds me a little bit of Evan Turner. I'm not saying he has the exact same talent. I'm not saying that I would rather have Jalen Pickett on my team than Evan Turner. But that specific skill set of shooting off the dribble from pretty much anywhere on the court, Jalen Pickett has it. And it reminded me of Evan Turner. So if you hate me saying that, then I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. That's my opinion. And you can feel free to disagree with me. But I won't be sorry for my own opinion. And you can't guilt me into that. So stop trying. That's Jalen Pickett. How about Seth Lundy? Another senior. He's a guard slash forward. Remember back in the day that the guard slash forward or the forward slash center used to be, seemed like every player on the team had that position designation. Not so much anymore, huh? The good old days. Anyway, Seth Lundy. Senior wingman, he's averaging 14.4 points per game for Penn State. That's 13th in the Big Ten. 6.2 rebounds per game. That's also top 25 in the Big Ten, I believe. And he is the best three-point shooter in the conference, making 44.1% of his three-point attempts. That's very good, if you did not know. He scored 25 points against Indiana this season. He went 8 of 13 from deep against Nebraska. And he had 23 points and 12 rebounds against Clemson. Again, asterisk on that game. He's probably not getting a double-double in that game. I didn't go through and check the box score and the play-by-play to see when he got those numbers. But putting up 20 and 10 probably doesn't happen because that game in double overtime. But I won't take anything away from Seth. Good guy. I assume. I don't know him. He's also got 1,147 career points at Penn State. He's been playing. If you go look up Seth Lundy on YouTube, you know what you're going to find? Because I'm I'm a good researcher. I'm a good librarian, by the way. I put in the work for my show notes. I want to see these players. I watch them, obviously, throughout the regular season. But even previously, I want to see what they look like, how they've progressed and grown. You can look up Seth Lundy highlights, and you'll see highlights from 2021. I mean, it's been that long that Seth Lundy has been playing good basketball at a high level for Penn State. He's been scoring his entire career. So Pickett, more of the distributor who can also score and shoot from anywhere. Seth Lundy, much more of the shooter for Penn State. They've got a bunch of shooters, by the way. And can also rebound the ball pretty well. Very, very experienced. And then you've got Andrew Funk. Andrew Funk. Funk. Fifth year senior guard for Penn State. His scoring totals, not as good as Lundy or Jalen Pickett. 12.6 points per game. That's top 25 in the Big Ten, but it's the shooting. Again, you'll wonder why Penn State is the best shooting team overall in the Big Ten. It's because of these three players plus some, but these three players specifically, because Andrew Funk, he may not have the best three-point percentage 
in the Big Ten, but that's only because of Seth Lundy, his teammate. He has the second best three-point percentage in the Big Ten at 41.2%. And he's also top two with Seth Lundy and three-pointers made per game, where Lundy has a better average. Funk makes more three-pointers per game. Both of those top two in the Big Ten. Andrew Funk as a player, he moves off the ball very, very well. He's not your player who will maybe create for himself as much as he'll use screens and he just uses movements and cuts, quick movements, V-cuts, things like that, in order to find himself open and get shots up. Penn State will run sets to get him open. So just be aware of that on Thursday when you're watching Ohio State take on Penn State. You'll be seeing Andrew Funk moving around a lot, being very active on, on the offensive end, even without the ball and using screens to get himself open and make some threes. So Penn State as a whole, they shoot the ball lights out, especially from deep. So what are the keys to the game? Well, I could very easily say Ohio State needs to contain Penn State shooters, but I'm not going to do that because guess what? No one can. Don't give yourself a goal that you cannot hit. Just doesn't make sense. Maybe you can. I won't tell you how to live your life, but at least for Ohio State, I won't give them that goal. I won't make them live with that, giving them a goal that they can't hit. They're probably not going to shut down Penn State's shooters with Lundy, with Funk, with Pickett. Karen Winter, by the way, whose spelling of his first name and last name, atrocious, should not be that way. But far be it for me to accuse someone of, of how to spell their name, although my name is spelled may elicit you to wonder, is his name spelled weird? No, my name is not spelled weird. I have the most basic name in the world. Cameron Winter, weird spelling in his first and last name, but good shooter. And Miles Dredd, all five of these players I mentioned, Pickett, Lundy, Funk, Winter, Dredd, all shoot at or above 37% from deep. I believe to be accurate, technically it's 37.4% or higher from deep with multiple players shooting above 40%. So let's not try to contain them or stop them or act like we'll be able to. Those shooters are going to go out and get theirs. So I'm not going to tell you, Ohio State, to go contain those Penn State shooters in this one. What I will tell you, though, is you need to keep pace with the Penn State shooters. Bryce Sensenbaugh, he's got to get eight triples up or six, something like that. Seven, meet me in the middle. Bryce Sensenbaugh has got to make a couple of triples. Bruce Thornton needs to make a couple. Sean McNeil definitely needs to hit a couple. Ohio State, I'm not going to ask you to stop them defensively. Offensively, though, you need to be able to keep pace with Penn State. They're going to shoot the lights out. There's nothing you can do to stop them. You're not the best defensive team in the Big Ten. So release yourself from the the weight of having to stop Penn State shooters except that you can't and instead just say you know what we're gonna shoot the lights out on our end so focus offensively on shooting the ball well getting some threes up hopefully Sean McNeil continues to shoot the ball well he hits a couple threes and you get some support from the Ohio State shooters other key to the game I'll give for Ohio State attack offensively where is Penn State not good it's on the defensive end Rebounding as well. They're not the best team. Go attack this team offensively. 
Penn State is just simply not a good defensive team. They're not going to blow you away with what they're able to do on the ball or off the ball. They will foul you a little bit, and they will not rebound well. So offensively, you've got to go attack, and you need to assert yourself as the alpha team in this game. You need to step on that floor and say, we're going to go beat you, and we will beat you in a shootout. We will go put up 85 points in order to win this game. It may take 90. I don't know. Again, Penn State, they're not the fastest paced team, but they do shoot the ball really, really well. So again, their their points per game marks, it's at 73.3. That's not going to blow you away. That's six in the Big Ten. So it may not take 90 points. It may not take even 80 points. But Ohio State needs to establish itself as the offensive team that it should be in this one. So those are my two keys to the game. Number one, go out there and keep pace with Penn State shooters. Number two, just attack offensively. And I think that can lead to a win. I think this is the most winnable game matchup-wise that Ohio State has to close out the year. Illinois, I don't like it. I don't like how Ohio State matches up with Illinois and Michigan State. Forget about that one. Maryland is a maybe, but in terms of matchups, two teams going up against each other, who's strong where and who's weak where, Ohio State's strengths match up well with Penn, with where Penn State is more weak. So with that said, I give Ohio State an okay shot to win this game. I won't predict that they win because everyone loves to make predictions. I want to be different, and I also don't want to be wrong. So that's a major reason why I don't regularly give any kind of predictions. Sorry. I'd rather be not wrong than wrong. Therefore, by not giving any predictions, I will not be wrong. But I will say, Ohio State does have an okay shot to win this game. I'm excited. I'm going to be at the shot for this one, and I'm excited to hopefully see an Ohio State win. I have not felt that way in, well, since the Wisconsin loss at the shot, another game I went to. I'm not bad luck. Trust me. I don't know why you would trust me on that. You don't have to trust me. But Ohio State has an okay shot to win this game. I'm going to wrap it up now before we get completely off the rails here. This has been the preview for the Penn State game on Friday morning. I will come out with the Penn State review. And then Saturday morning, you will have a preview to Ohio State's next game, which of course comes against Illinois. Until then, thank you for joining. This has been the Views from the Shot podcast. Thanks for listening, and go Bucks.